0: What's up, Gravel Family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel.
1: We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season.
0: We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family.
1: All right, what's up, Gravel Family? We are back for another episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. This one's going to be the first time we have runners on the show. Ooh. I'm actually really
0: excited for this because
1: I have so much to learn about the running community. <laughs> That's right. So as always, my name's Jason.
0: And I'm Sophia.
1: And today's guests, we actually have another two-guester on the, the podcast today. So today we have the owner of Fleet Feet Nebraska, which includes uh, two stores in Omaha and a Fleet Feet store here in Lincoln, Lori Borer, and we also have an ultra runner uh, who has finished races in- including the Coca Two Fifty, Hitchcock One Hundred, Superior One Hundred, and several other uh, ultra running races, uh, Scott Ramey. So welcome to the podcast, Lori and Scott.
2: Thank you. For Excited to be here.
1: here. Awesome. So. Yeah, you're our first runners on the podcast. You're kind of responsible for us adding a run to our event. So thank you so much for being on here. We have so much to learn about running.
0: And it's already been so much fun working with you guys this year on putting together this race. I'm excited to see it come to fruition yeah. here in August.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I, I am as well. And I, I look back to when I first spoke with Jason probably a year and a half that's, ago. That's
1: probably, yeah. I I, I keep, like, forgetting how it even started. Because it, like, I don't... Did I reach out to you first? You reached out
2: to me, and then I met with you and Corey. That's right. And we just sat there, and it all just kind of went from there.
1: Yeah, it was like... Hey, next year we kind of have this idea, and I, I it was yeah. before Gravel Worlds last year, yeah, because it was, yeah, it was Cause well I came over a year to ago. To
2: watch Gravel Worlds last year to kind of get an idea, how yeah, it all, yeah,
1: and it was like, hey, we want to add this run idea, can you help us? Or what, what it was mostly for your feedback, and you're like, well, can I help? Can I do this? <laughs> and we're like, uh, yeah, that would be great, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> That's it,
2: and here we are.
1: Yeah, so uh, you've you've put on a lot of bike races, which is one reason we kind of started conversations with you. So what, what's your race promotion experience?
2: Yeah, so I put on a lot of run races. And I – so a lot of my races uh, – opening my store, that's kind of how I opened my stores. I put on several 5Ks, 10Ks, a lot of them for charity – before I opened my store. And that kind of pushed me to open my store. So I've been doing that before I opened. Now I still put a few on and, um, visiting with you. I mean, it kind of just pushed everything to another level, which I'm really excited about, but, um, yeah, I have, you know, experience in all different parameters of putting on races and this is kind of pushing me to do a 50 K race, which I'm really excited Ah. about. So it'll be fun. That's so exciting.
0: (laughs) We'll
1: see. We got to push the bar moving forward then. Yeah. It doesn't, Uh, it never stops pushing. We're going to keep going. So, um, were most of those races here in like Lincoln or? Yeah,
2: most of them were Lincoln and Omaha. So, um, in Omaha, we put on several races as well. Uh, We put on a 4th of July run up there a few years, and that was really well attended. Um, we don't do that race anymore. But now that I'm open to my second store, it's in the location where I put on my race. So I'm getting a little bit of pressure to start that one back up again. So we'll see what happens. But I still put on races um, mostly that coincide with the, the store, obviously. So the one that sticks out for me is the Santa run that will happen in Lincoln and Omaha. And it's a it's a fun race where Everyone dresses up as Santas. And so, oh, fine. yeah, so it's, it's, it, for me, it's all about the people and having fun. It, you know, it's not about making money. It's not about, it's just about getting people moving and having a good time. And I typically always give back to a charity with all my races. And so that's who I am. That's what I do. And that's why Jason and I, and when we visited more and more, I was like, yes, I have to be a part of this because it's yep. exactly what you guys are all about too. Yep.
1: That. That's funny. I've done two 5k's in my life and one of them was the Santa run. I had yes. no idea. <laughs> I love it. It, it. it was terrible for me. I'm such <laughs> a bad runner. I'm such a bad runner. I like we always joke like I was like yeah, running's terrible, but we love you. Like it's like <laughs> it's so great like Oh man, yeah. I have so much respect for runners because it's so hard. It's so hard, and but you guys make it look so easy, and somehow you find enjoyment out of it. Yeah. But like, you're like a lot of your runners would say the same about
3: cyclists, and it's Absolutely. so great. Like bringing them all together here at yeah. Gravel Worlds, it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. I tried biking uh, when the COVID shutdown happened. I'm like, oh, let me try something different, and I had a flat tire, and I was like. I don't know what to do. With this. It's, like, it's still sitting in my basement with a flat tire. I'm like,
0: we'll help you out with that yeah, one.
3: Perfect. awesome. We'll do a quick wheel change in like two minutes, get you back out there. Awesome. <laughs>
1: uh, that's, so let's go into a little about you, Scott, you you're the ultra runner represented here. Mm-hmm. So what's, what got you into running? When did you start running? And then when did you get crazy and make those miles go mm-hmm. bit real big?
3: Yeah. It escalated a bit. Uh,
0: a bit, a bit, a bit. <laughs> two hundred and fifty miles, a bit. <laughs>
3: you no, know, it happens, but no. Uh, so I've been running for let's see. Here, I mean, I was in the army in '04, um, and so that was mandatory running. Um, and then I saw my brother. He was uh, my middle brother. Run the Boston Marathon '06. Did he I,
1: qualify or do lottery?
3: No, he did. Uh, he did a charity. Okay. Bit. Yep. Uh, but my two brothers and I, we, uh, my other brother, uh, went in there, watched him run. Uh, it was an amazing experience seeing those athletes out there, just the, everything about it really just drew me into running. Um, I was still in the army at the time, but I was like, Oh, let's see about training. So I ran a 10 K with a buddy down when I was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And, uh, I was pretty hooked. I was like, Oh, what else can I do? And then half marathon. Um, and then I did my first marathon in 08 or 09, something like that. And then, um, Yeah. And then I just kind of ran a little bit, you know, here and there, no races, really. Um, I just enjoyed it a lot. And then I had back surgery about five years ago, which took me out of running for about a year and a half. And then got uh, back into running after my back started healing up and then did a half marathon on the trail. And then I was like, Oh, let's do a 50k and a 50 miler. And then uh, let's jump up to 100 miles. And then it was Let's let's do a 250. That's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. What else can I do? So it just kind of progressively in the past few, like three, four years has gotten, you know, it has escalated. (laughs) So
0: what goes into training for 250 miles?
3: Yeah, that is, it's actually not much different from training for other races, honestly. Um, The time on feet is the biggest thing, consistency. I mean, sometimes the training runs will go a little bit longer, um, but really it's, mindset after a while because you can't train you know you can't train 50 miles at a time or 100 miles you're, you're gonna yeah. get injured most likely um so there comes a point where you have to you know limit the miles that you're running and really it's just mindset And if you really want it enough and you can problem solve through these races and at any distance really it's all about problem solving having yeah. the right mindset and just really wanting it Um, it'll, it'll get you through all those low moments. Hopefully, So
1: like, obviously like with marathons, when you're training for a marathon, you don't actually run or gravel worlds or a bike race. You never actually ride or run that distance beforehand or usually you don't. So like, what's, what's your longest ride when you're training for like a hundred or a 50 K or a hundred? Like what's, what's your long, your longest run before that?
3: Yeah. So I have a hundred miler coming up in less than two weeks now. Um, I probably did about 25 miles, 27 miles. So not very far compared to what yeah. you know 100 yeah. miles obviously. So
1: What's your what's your miles per week then?
3: Like Usually about when I'm peaking 70 to 80 for this training block. It used to be about 100. Um
1: Really? So you don't even run that many miles in a week?
3: No. No. Wow. It's I mean I have to make do, you know, I I have a family, I have yeah. a wife, two kids, job. So there's a lot to fit in there. So uh, you know, you, you just have to get the training in that you can, and then again, it's that mindset. It's you would be surprised with w- what the mind can overcome. Oh, absolutely! It's, yeah. We say it that all like, the time. Yeah. With
1: even the one hundred and fifty is is there, but especially our three hundred mile bike race, mm-hmm. it's just as much, if not more, physical than mental mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing it. So it's, I mean, there's so many times that your body's gonna say, "I'm
3: done," but mm-hmm. you have to like say, no, you just shut up, brain. We're going to keep going. Yeah. Like uh, you watch Ted Lasso and all. Yep. Uh, be a gosh, uh, gosh darn goldfish. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good Love thing. It. That's what I tell runners is just be a goldfish. One
1: yeah. one phrase we heard uh, from a really prom- predominant uh, cyclist, Rebecca Rush, she said, her phrase is, there'll be good times and there'll be bad times and both are temporary. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, yeah, that's explains <laughs> ultra racing to a T there. Like yeah. there, there's going to be times when the sunrise comes up the next day and you feel like a million bucks and, and, mm-hmm. You hit that headwind section and you feel like you wanted to die and give up, but keep going.
3: I'm sure there's just a lot of similarities between running and and cycling.
1: Oh, for sure. sure. Especially on the ultra side of things. Mm -hmm. It's you, you get way, you have to practice mentally. You have to practice eating while you're doing your workout. Like those are all factors that come in that if you're doing short stuff, it doesn't. Don't really need to. Sure.
0: What is a bit of advice that you have for any ultra runners? Because there's a lot of runners Mm -hmm. that are going to be doing gravel worlds this year that have never done an ultra run before.
3: Yeah, I would say arrive to the start line healthy. So don't try to think that you need to hit certain mileage goals because everybody's different. Some people can put on more miles or have been doing this longer and have these crazy you know, mileage per week, and then other people don't because one, maybe they don't have the time or their, their bodies break down after a certain mileage. So, you know, if, if you're feeling that you're you're worn down, you know, back off, it's better to arrive to the start line healthy and yeah, be able to go after that. So I think that's the biggest thing is just don't try to push too much into training where then you show up at that starting line either injured or just tired.
1: Interesting. That's a good point. I've never, I've never really thought it. Like, if you show up to the start line injured, like your race is pretty much already yeah. over.
3: I had a runner who just completed his first 50k in Colorado, and in his training, he never did anything more than 15 miles, and wow. that was his furthest training, his furthest run ever. And he was had a 50k in Colorado to do at, Eleva- was at it elevation. Also, was it yeah.
1: also like? uh like
3: trail running too correct yep trail running so it was a big challenge so he had never done anything more than 50 miles due to some injuries that were going on but i told him i was like if you have the right mindset and you're healthy then you can do this and he did and he had a great time he had a great mindset around it. he's like yeah i just created these walls in my brain and i said nothing's getting inside there and because i had coffee with him afterwards i'm like how'd you do that and he's like yeah i just created these walls in my brain any negative thoughts that came in I just said nope you're you're going away you get out yeah wow. so I think people can do more than what they think they can do obviously yeah. um and so we get in our own way thinking we need to do all this I and mean, people see on Strava doing these crazy miles and honestly it's all about being healthy and having the right attitude for it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. obviously there's people that go for a win and that's a different situation sure. but yep. most most people that are doing this are competing against themselves correct so Yeah, like what you said there. Like, don't compare yourself to someone Mm -hmm. who's running 150 miles a week, you know, or or somebody who runs six minute miles for a marathon. You know, like it's
0: just the fact that people are signing up and showing up is enough.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: absolutely. Such a huge accomplishment.
3: It is to get to the starting line, to have the courage to be able to do these things, to put yourself out there. For most people, like you said, they're not the elites, where it doesn't come natural to most of us to run or bike. And so you're putting yourself out there, especially as you go up these bigger distances to, to fail potentially. And so you always have that risk. And it's amazing to be able to start at that get at that start line, because so much work goes in every single day. And I don't think enough uh, celebrations gone in goes into those everyday wins that people have. It's not the race itself. It's getting out there each and every day. And and when you don't want to, and those are the real wins the the celebration is that should be the race. It's like, yeah, I just put in months of training sacrifices. I'm, this is my celebration. This race. That's
1: so good. I always like almost every year after grab worlds. And I see like a bunch of posts of people like they didn't get the time they wanted or they didn't finish. And like, they just feel completely devastated by that. And I like every year posts, like if you showed up, you did so much more than so many people like you signed up that's a step one you trained and you showed up like just doing those are incredible like you just because you didn't get the time you wanted or you didn't finish something you had a mechanical or had bad cramps or whatever it is that but you showed up Mm -hmm. like that you're totally right that's a celebration that like you are part of this and you put your body through and you gave it your hundred percent. Like that is a win. Doesn't matter what the finished results say. That's a win to me. For sure.
0: After you have competed in a race, what is your favorite recovery to do?
3: So I take like three to four days or maybe five, depending on the length. And I eat whatever I want. If my stomach tells me to eat something, I eat it. Usually ice cream. Pistachio ice cream. I, yeah. Ice cream is always in the fridge, pizza, tacos, barbecue, what burgers, definitely fries, yeah. everything. Uh, after my first 50 K, I was like, okay, I got to get back into it. I hit this low energy low. I was just kind of down after it. And you know, I was just like, Oh, I need to get back into yeah. train and do this. I didn't give my time, like enjoy the experience that I just did. And since then I, I had a coach at the time afterwards and, on his training plan, instead of putting runs in there, he just put like tacos, burgers, and like on my training oh, plan. I love it. And I was like, "That's genius!" And so I just got to like spend a whole week of eating, and it was great. I've always recovered so well after races for the most part, and like yeah, I just do that. And I had a we have a runner in our uh, training group, and she just did the dizzy goat. Um, so you know, they're doing races throughout the summer, and she did over 40 miles. And so she's like, Scott, what should I do for this week? I'm like, um, you should eat your favorite foods for like three or four days. And she was just out with us on this past weekend on a training run. She's like, that was great. I just eat what I want. That's and so
0: fun. Yeah. You so like you
3: might as well celebrate it afterwards. Get the, reset yeah, the reset, yeah. but
1: That's awesome. Um. So Lori, being a, owning a store and you, you see all different kinds of runners that come in there or athletes, not, not necessarily even runners. So like what, what do you see like the progression of, of runners? Do most people just stay at the 5k, 10k or like what gets people that bug to like, okay, I'm going to try a half marathon and go down the path that Scott went down Mm -hmm. of keeping it going. Is it community that does it? Is it just something inside of them that does it? Like what's, what do you see as a,
2: yeah, I would say what I've seen through the years is probably the training class in the community and getting to know someone else that's um, either done it before or is willing to sit beside them and go through the journey with them. But a lot of it is is the experience. And kind of like Scott said, the majority of people, we, you know, we aren't those elite people. And so for us, it's the journey. It's dealing with kids and the schedule and work and all that. And knowing that we're fully capable of still training and getting that in. So... Most people that progress on, I, <clears throat> we're doing a 5K class right now and I already have some of them saying, when I'm done, we're getting ready to start our half marathon training class um, in August 1st here too. And they're all, Some of the 5Kers are already kind of pondering that half marathon and I'm like, I, go for it. There's a run-walk portion that you can do and start fresh and go, but the fact that they can go to running their first 5K to already thinking and all of that is due to knowing that they can get out there and do it and commit to the weekly schedule and still balance life. And so, and a lot of people don't think they can do that. And it's, it's a lot easier said than done. It almost makes them happier people knowing that they, knowing number one, they're more structured in life, they're better parents, and they're doing something for themselves. So it's, it's a really neat deal to see people go from that 5k to that 10k or half marathon, and then on to their first 50k or half or marathon and then 50k. So yeah, it's, it's, probably the most rewarding thing I can see with our training class. And Scott, you can probably attest to that a little bit too, but it's all types of runners, which is a lot of fun too. So I love it.
1: That's so cool. What the go walk through a little bit, the training classes, you did a training class for gravel worlds, the 50 K this year, you do several other training classes. What do those look like? What's the average cost? All of that.
2: So, yeah, we've been doing since I opened, I've been open for about eight years now and I've started it since day one. We have only done half and full marathon training classes And those consist of, uh, one, we start in the end of January, we train for the Lincoln Marathon. And the one coming up, we train for the Habsie here in Lincoln. Both of those cost $65, which is very, very reasonable. The one that starts in January, we actually have a partner with Madonna Proactive, and they provide a cross-training class. So we do that on Thursdays. And um, I really try to push not just running, go get on your bike through training class. Um, And um, then we meet... Uh, two other times during the week to run together as one. And then we give them a a training program to use as well. Um, And then we have motivational emails that go out to talk about nutrition, you know, all the things that go into training and learning how to run and how to do speed workouts and how to run hills. So everything you could possibly want to know to train properly. And then the one for the Havzi here coming up is 12 weeks long. And we do that in Lincoln and Omaha. And um, same thing. We meet twice a week for that one. And we you know, anyone that is starting, they can, there's a run walk program. So really anyone can be a part of it all the way up to that advanced runner. That is that elite runner that's wanting to get faster. And we have every type of runner that does the training class as well, too. So it's a lot of fun. And then
1: mm-hmm.
2: we're doing our first gravel world's training class as well, too. And Scott is the, the, um, the man for that. So, and we, I, I'm truly amazed that we've over 30 people signed up for that. That's so
1: incredible.
2: that's incredible. And In a lot of them, this is their first ultra marathon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's a neat deal.
1: Yeah, how's it, the how's the class been going?
3: Good. Uh, yeah. So we uh, it's an eighteen week program. So where are we on week? Th-
1: we're six weeks out. Tw- yeah.
3: So uh, week twelve, less week 13. Six, yeah, less thir- than six week weeks. 13. We're record this. Yeah. Um, and so it's been great. So kind of the first, uh, I would say, ten weeks was more just getting a good base in, in place for them. So, I mean, it really could have been for anyone that maybe doesn't have much of a running background or base behind them. It didn't have to be somebody that has done races or had been running. Um, so we really started off slow for them. Um, and then we meet on Tuesdays for speed work and then on Saturdays we started meeting. So starting week 10 meet on Saturdays as well for a long run. So we meet down uh, near the, the Platte river, um, on the Mopac Trail, but then connect on some gravel roads around there. Helps connect some of the Omaha and Lincoln runners since we do have both that are signed up.
1: Nice. And then you did do one shakeout run that was kind of like part of it was on course. Correct. Here yeah. At Lincoln.
3: yeah. Thanks for the course, uh, <laughs> the GPX there. Uh, but yeah, we met. Uh, so on week 10, our first group run that we met together, we met at uh, the Shilling Bridge and then uh, we ran 10 miles and then came back and had some drinks and food. So it was a nice little uh, preview of the course for them to be able to like, okay, this is what it's going to be like. Here are the hills. Because a lot of them have never run on gravel roads before. Yeah. So that's a new experience for them, uh, the hills and just the distance as well. Uh, but just a good time to, to get together and, and ask questions and just have fun while running. Because yeah. right? I think a lot of, or I shouldn't say a lot, but there are some people that just run by themselves, and but they do want others to run with. Uh, so this gives them a good opportunity, again, to connect to the community and to feel like you're you're in this together. So I think that definitely helps.
0: There's a lot of runners who aren't in that class who will be doing Gravel Worlds this year. What should they s- expect as far as elevation? What is the course like? Checkpoints? All that.
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, being in August, it's going to be obviously a little bit warmer. So uh, account for that. Carry plenty of water with you. Uh, it's always good to do that. You probably have to go a little bit slower. So, um, you know, if it's the first 50 K definitely take, you know, the first, I would say 20 miles pretty conservatively, uh, see how you feel after 20 miles and, and go from there. Um, but yeah, there's some good Hills to It was about 2000 feet of gain, um, over 50 K, which is, is a pretty good amount. Um, definitely exposed. Uh, so you're gonna have to deal with the the sun most likely. Um, but I think there's, in the training program, at least for us, we, we go over like how to deal with that. And like, I think just keeping cool at aid stations, trying to get ice, you know, keeping, keeping as cool as possible, drinking a lot of water, taking, staying on top of nutrition, but yeah, you know, probably walking some of those Hills, uh, probably not, you know, it might seem runnable at the beginning, but after about 20 miles, 25 miles, those Hills won't seem so runnable. Um, so yeah, be conservative at the beginning. If you need to walk Hills, do it. It's, that's all part of ultra running. We call it power hiking to make ourselves feel better about themselves. But it's all
0: about reframing. Exactly. The mindset. It's I'm
3: power hiking. It's fine. It's fine. It sounds I, I'm ultra tough. I'm I'm power hiking. Sure. I love it. Yeah. So
0: stopping for water, how far apart will the aid stations be?
1: Yeah, I can get that one.
2: Yep, there we go. So we'll start the aid stations at my at the ten K mark. Okay. And then after that, I believe it's mile twelve. And then there's a big halfway station that we'll combine. It's combined with the bikes. It's well too. It's a huge aid station. Then after that it's every five K. Okay. Yep. So,
1: so but every three miles after that, I yep, guess they're, I say. Essentially so there's a halfway point, there's two stops on the way to the halfway point, and then three stops on the way back from the yeah. halfway. So yeah. Six total six total stops. Lots of chances right? to
0: six, refill seven, yeah. water. For sure. Yeah. Get yeah. some nutrition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Our our intention it's... with Gravel Worlds is never to like kill someone or yeah. make them fail because of the lack of resources mm-hmm. at the event. Like we it's gonna be a challenge enough as it is. Like the lack of resources doesn't need to be the factor on there. Obviously, you have to be able to carry water with yeah. you to more than likely, I would assume. Especially, I mean, there's there's a chance it could be almost 100 degrees, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It, it it could be 80 or it could be 100. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we never quite know. Um, that was a big reason why we we do are starting pretty early, so the race starts right at sunrise at 6:30. Yeah. Uh, so you shouldn't need lights if you want to carry lights on you. That's great. Um, aren't going to tell you not to do that, but it should be right at sunrise um, when you when you hit gravel.
3: Yeah, I think that in training, we've been like, okay, start training, just carrying water because that's new for a lot of runners because they go out, maybe they've only done three, five miles. A lot of them don't carry water. Um, And it's like, okay, start thinking of options, vests, handhelds, things like that. Uh, So I think that's an important part of the training, which definitely helps you out during the race.
0: What is your recommendation as far as gear goes for people who may want some last minute additions to their outfits?
3: Yeah, that's where it's completely personal, uh, where you have to test out things because I've done races with uh, like Nathan handhelds before, like two handhelds, but some people don't like the feeling of having hand like anything in their hands. That's where hydration vests come into play, like uh, Nathan vests, Orange Mud vests. There's there's a lot out there to to choose from. Uh, but they can carry bladders in the back, you know, one and a half liters in the back, two liter bladders, and then you can carry two soft flasks. So you can carry quite a bit of water and also allows you to carry nutrition with you as well. Um, I prefer vests personally, just because, especially for longer distances, uh, you can just carry more. Um, and so,
1: yeah. Is, is, do you wear belts too? Is that a thing? Yeah. Or not really.
3: I'll wear some... T- kind of in training. Sometimes I I have like a hydration belt of sorts that can ha- handle two um, flasks in the back. Gotcha. Um,
1: so you just can't carry as much on the belt? Is that...
3: Correct. Yeah, you can't carry as much. So during training, um, I Got mean, it. it never really affects me if I switch sometimes. Sometimes I just don't want to wear a vest. And so yep. I just... Don't. <laughs>
1: Uh, one thing we should talk about that is a little bit different. I don't know if it's as much different in the ultra running world, but our event is self-supported. So once you leave the start line, you are on your own, other than what we provide you. So um, if there is something specific that you need to bring, we don't have drop bags at Gravel Worlds. Like so, it's we we've carried that over from the mentality of our bike races. Like once all of our bike races, even our three hundred, once you leave the start line. That's what you have and uh, unless it's at a gas station or a checkpoint that we provide. So um, pretty much there will be no gas stations out on course for the run, but we will have those aid stations we talked about, but... Outside of that, everything else is on you. So if there's a specific nutrition you need to bring, you need to carry that with you from the start. There's no drop bags. Um, also, navigation is on you. So whether that means carrying cue cards and a watch that tells you distance or if you have a watch that, that can guide you, that that's a little bit different for our event as well. Is that is that common at running events? or?
3: Sometimes, I mean, there's... Usually, some sort of marking, um, but there's other races that don't have any markings. I mean, I know there's a race called Plane 100 in Washington State that for 100 mile there's no markings at all. You get a you're given a map. Um, a lot of people know the Mark Barkley Marathons is. I mean, that's kind of a cruel race, but um, of sorts in the woods. But yeah, there are there are races that you know it's, it's different challenges for sure. Um, so I think that presents different. A, a different challenge, which is fun because I mean, everybody's looking for, for challenges in there. So, um, but gravel roads, I mean, they're pretty like in a square. So there's not like twists and turns, like in the woods or yep. when you're in the forest and it's yeah. like, well, we're, you know, you're just, totally turned around so it's a you know
1: yeah that as far as navigation goes it will be relatively easy Mm -hmm. um like you either go left right or straight at every (laughs) intersection like our all of our roads our gravel roads here are our farm roads Mm -hmm. and there's fields in between and it's like one mile squares exactly one mile squares. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so yeah it as far as navigation goes it it'll be on the easier side you're not like looking for a trailhead that you're going to miss and go an extra 25 miles that you didn't know. I've heard stories of that. Yeah, sure that,
3: that, <laughs> that definitely happens. So, but if you, I mean... You know with the files on there I mean the, these watch you know with Garmin watches you can download maps right on your watch they'll take you basically turn by turn or yep. uh, download apps on your phone uh, yep. that can also take you there so we
1: will have uh, Garmin is the the title sponsor for gravel worlds they will be at at gravel worlds this year helping you load your routes onto your Garmin watches and everything okay. so and they'll actually even have QR codes that you can just scan on your phone and it'll automatically send to your device so oh, we'll wow. have that all set up uh, and if you have any questions, if you have a Garmin device, the go to the Garmin booth and they'll they'll hit you up so you make sure you're all getting getting where you need to go. That's amazing.
0: So, as a runner, what should someone expect for Gravel Worlds Week? Such as shakeout
2: runs, fun things going on out yeah. at
0: Chillingbridge and Fallbrook. So, Wednesday,
2: yes, we'll start with that and then Thursday is the shakeout run and it's okay. a shakeout run ride. So, we're combining it with the uh, uh, riders as well too. And that will start at five thirty, I believe. And it's just gonna give everyone a quick two little over two mile preview of the course. And you, you'll be able to, our, our sponsor is Hoka. And so Hoka will be there and Garmin will be there as well too. So it's a great time to come get a little shakeout run in. If you want to try some Garmin shoes, we're going to be demoing some Garmin, or some Garmin shoes, some Hoka shoes. Uh, Garmin will be there though. If you want to try a watch, like we were just talking about, if you had any interest at all, it's a great time to visit with Garmin about their watches, um, to sync your watch, whatever it may be. Like those guys, it, Garmins are amazing honestly and if you have any questions at all it's a great time to come visit with them um, and learn a little bit more about their technology but especially with ultra running i feel like it is crucial it's huge to have that navigational tool with you so mm-hmm. um, but that'll all be thursday and then of course friday is race day so a lot of fun stuff though a lot of opportunity if you have any questions those first two days wednesday thursday to visit with us at our run booth, um, and then also to visit with Garmin, Hoka, whoever it may be, and and answer any questions you have, whether it be the course, the aid stations, we're there to help and make everyone very comfortable being in the first 50k that's along with this race. So please come visit us and ask us questions.
1: Yeah, that, like she said, this is our our first year doing a run, uh, so. Definitely ask questions because that's also going to help us be better next year. So mm-hmm. um, it's new for us to do – for you to do an ultra. It's new for us to do a run. So ask questions. Give us feedback afterwards. We want to make sure that this event is a new event. And, like, the idea that we had – Let's we should talk about this a little bit. So w- one thing with Gravel Worlds is when Gravel Worlds started, gravel cycling wasn't a really a thing. It was kind of a thing, but – like nobody knew about it, and so we, Corey and Schmidty, who started Gravel Worlds, they, you know, it just kept growing and growing, and now Gravel has gone into this thing where it's the largest cycle or genre of cycling that there is out there. And one of the things we talked about is like we want to do that for running. Like we want Gravel to be the next largest genre of cycling because it's incredible to be out there. <laughs> you've gotten to you've gotten to experience it, Scott, but. And and Lori as well. But it's just you're you're closer to nature, you're away from cars, and you also have a new challenge of your what's under your feet is ever changing and it, it just creates a new challenge. So I mean what what do you see in the future of, of gravel running?
2: I, I think racing looks different overall right now, anyhow. So I think this is a great new opportunity for people that are um, you know, ready for something different than the roads. We just, the, the you know, just racing the roads, I should say, and getting off and getting off and getting onto the gravel. Um, a lot of do people do the, you know, the trail runs as well too, but this is like a whole new run, literally, I think anyway. And it's a new experience. It's a new feel under your feet. You recover differently. It's a new training. So it's new. And that's kind of what we need, we need in the racing world right now. You know, it, we had a couple years off there, and so everyone needs to kind of re- refocus on something different and something new to get them going again. And, and it's doable for anyone truly. So I'm really excited to see what this first gravel, and we have over 200 people signed up. Yep, That is crazy. That is. That just still, every time I think about that, it's just exciting to me. So, you know, we were going into this, not sure what to expect. And here we are. And so I think this is a sign of what is to come for gravel world yeah. racing, road yeah. running. So or yeah, gravel running. Yep, yeah.
3: running. And what I really like about it, it's kind of like a, blank canvas of sorts like I think some people can get intimidated with trail running you're running out in the woods people get freaked out with animals and getting lost and and people associate trail running with necessarily like ultra running or like oh I gotta do 100 miles but with gravel running it's not necessarily that way it doesn't have to be maybe so intimidating you know there's usually gravel roads around you or if you don't live in an area that you have trail access where the traditional trails are at well, there's probably some gravel roads around there. So this could be something new for people where they don't have that fear of like, oh, I'm not good enough to get into trail running because I'm not going to run 100 miles. So I don't know if I fit in there. I think some people think, oh, if I'm doing trail running, I need to be doing a 100 miler to fit into the trail community. And that's not necessarily the case. If you run out on trails, you're a a trail runner. And with gravel, it's kind of a new thing. um, So I don't think there's that maybe that fear, hopefully, where people It's just, it's more open, hopefully. You kind of, you
1: said it, but one of the things that's great about gravel cycling is it brings every genre of cycling together. Whether you're a road cyclist, you can do gravel. If you're a mountain biker, you can do gravel. If you're a cyclocross rider, you can do gravel. And there's skills across the gamut that all correlate inside gravel. And it's the same, it sounds like it's going to be the same with running. Like you have... The, I mean, trail running is a technical skill. Like you need to have your mind on all the time with gravel. You need to do that too. So you have the technical skill, but you also have the endless miles that you can do with, with road cycling or road running. Excuse me. So it's, I mean, I'm, I'm very optimistic for the future of gravel running because it's, it sounds like it's going to be the perfect melting pot, just like gravel cycling has been. And everybody is welcome at, at those events.
3: Yeah, I, I love running on gravel. I mean, I've done it even before this training class, and I don't live very far, just a couple miles from a gravel road. So, um, yeah, I love going out on gravel roads and, in Omaha and running on there. If Outside of trail running, gravel is my favorite.
0: Uh, We should really talk about the sponsors of Gravel Worlds this year. So on the run side, who do we have lined up?
2: Yeah, so our main sponsor is Hoka, um, and they jumped on and we're really excited about that. <clears throat> Hoka is a a growing brand within my stores, and they definitely have every type of shoe from uh, trail shoes to you know, responsive racing shoes to just regular running road shoes. So it, they've been a lot of fun to partner with, and they're really excited to be at Gravel Worlds this year with us. We have a lot of fun things planned with them, um, with the day of race, pre-race, uh, all the things. So um, along with that, we have uh, Tailwind is gonna be at every aid station. Um, and they are uh, basically an electrolyte replacement that you can, um, it's a powder mix that you can put into your water, um, or into your, you know, if you have a bladder, whatever it may be, but it'll be a nice option if, especially if it's really hot, um, and you start balancing out some of those electrolytes. Uh, we have a, a Norland Pure will be there. They're going to provide all the water for us during, um, the road race too. two. They'll be the water sponsor. Um and then Squirrel's Nut Butter will be um the other sponsor for us. And that's basically something you use used to hit all the hot spots so there's no chafing or anything. And um they're a, a really it's a small company and they're continue to grow as well too and very very big in the trail running world. So Yeah,
3: I always have Squirrel's Nut Butter. Yeah. Always.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> just just it's- gotta- it's a must. It's a must. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the
1: one sponsor you didn't say is Fleet Feet. Yeah. Um, like yeah. to everybody that they they're incredibly modest. Lori's incredibly modest, but Fleet Feet has been integral in making this event possible. It yeah. does not happen the way it it's going to go down without Fleet Feet. They've any question we've had, Lori has been there. Any text message, pretty much any time of day, she answers. Um, so definitely definitely need to throw a huge shout out to Fleet Feet and everything that you've done. We're greatly appreciative, Lori. Thank Your you. Your
0: expertise is unmatched. Oh, so. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. That.
1: And then I mean the the class the training class that Fleet Feet did, that that was all on them. We didn't ask them to do that and uh, just above and beyond in every calculable way. Um so we're very very thankful that wow. I we had that meeting and got a couple smoothies a year and a <laughs> yeah. half ago.
0: It was just meant to be. It was, truly. So what are you guys most looking forward to on race day?
3: I just love, I mean, I love going to races. I help out at races for uh, local trail races in Omaha that we do. Yeah. And I love seeing people get to a start line that maybe have never done it before and they have so much doubt in their eyes. But as the race goes on, you see that it becomes possible for them and that they have fun and you have the volunteers that are cheering people on. And there's such a great community, which I'm expecting same exact thing out here. And it's just so much fun in these events because everybody is in it together and helping out each other. And there's just, yeah, I, I love that. When seeing people accomplish goals that they thought at one point were just way outside their capabilities.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'd agree. And for me, more, I mean, just race directing it and putting it all together in the meetings we have, it's it's like having putting on a wedding. I mean, it is, you put all this work in on the back end and then the day, wedding day is race day. And seeing that all happen and, and happening and then finishing, it is the best feeling ever. And, you know, there's good, there's bad. Some things may not always go right, but... Yeah, it's the feeling of watching it all go on and watching everyone finish, hit their goals, maybe not hit their goals, but having people still cheer them on. There's truly nothing like it. It's, it's the most rewarding thing I could ever do, honestly.
1: So That's awesome. It's
2: going to be a great day. We can't let you guys go without
0: talking about the trophies for the run as well as the finisher prizes. Yeah. yeah. So oh. what are the champions going to receive?
2: Yeah, (laughs) Scott's just seen it for the first time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've
3: never seen this before. Wow. It's basically
2: Uh, the golden boot.
3: It's the golden boot. It's
2: the pirate
1: boot.
3: It reminds me of, uh, I don't know, the Princess Bride with the boot on there. What's his name? Carrie Elves. He has that boot on. My name is
1: Enrico Andoya.
3: Exactly. (laughs) You killed my father. Prepare to die. That's amazing. Yeah, bronze pirate boot. That's your that's
1: your overall trophy. So for those of you that aren't uh, fans of Gravel Worlds and you're new to Gravel Worlds on the running side, we go epic on all our trophies. So our main main gravel cycling event is a pirate real pirate sword. Uh, We do a ship wheel for (laughs) like our long three hundred. All of our stuff is pirate-themed. You'll learn that very, very quickly. That's why it's a pirate boot. Our, our club is called Pirate Cycling League that puts on the event. So we got to keep the pirate theme. And what better than a boot for the people that are running on the ground? So. Love it. It.
0: And then what about the other 200-some that are going to be finishing? What will they be Ooh, receiving? Yes.
2: Yeah, everyone will get a medal. And the medals are, I mean... I think they're amazing. As Jason would say, they're epic. And so I I, I love them. I'm excited for everyone to see them. Um, they're also going to get a shirt as well, too. So I, yeah, it's it, everyone will get something, which is really neat. So it's it's definitely going to be, I think, really rewarding no matter where you place in the event um, and just being a part of it and the part of the, the first Gravel Worlds 50K.
0: Yeah. And circling back to the pirate theme, the finisher medals, mm-hmm. they look like pirate booty yes yeah they do so it's it's literally (laughs) you get pirate booty for finishing. That's awesome
1: (laughs) yeah so uh thank you so much uh lori and scott for being on the podcast we really appreciate you uh being on here we always ask one question and this might change after gravel worlds but sophia do you want to ask the last question
0: yeah so what does the gravel family mean to you guys you're so new but what does it mean
2: Yeah, I I can go first on that one. You know, just meeting Jason and Corey for the first time, um, something I'll never forget in our conversation was we were just talking and and I did not know you guys at all before you came in. Um, I knew of you. And we're just sitting in my office and we're visiting and talking about two different worlds between running and biking. And I remember Jason and Corey both saying to me, everything you just said and what you do in the running community – It's, it's exactly what we want and who you are. And I'll never, ever forget that. So I've already like from day one knew that I had to be a part of this and that I would fit in. And so that meant the world to me and I'll never forget it. And I can't wait for many, many years to come to see what happens with this race. Wow. That's
3: hard to follow up. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, anybody that wants to put on an ultra marathon distance is always good in my book and. (laughs) Jason, I I mean I just remember you would butcher my name the first time I met you. I think you called me every every name that <laughs> night. And so I, 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 I am, realized I that am you, you're with horrible with names. So so that's two very, that? very, <laughs> very different answers. Two very different answers there. <laughs> and
2: we have a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> uh, I one my favorite uh, memory of like when we did that, the first run shoot was like my eyes opening up to like the conversations that runners have. And it's like, my wife says it all the time. It's like, you guys have your own language. Like I have no idea what you're talking about. And all of you know what you're talking about. And like, I was sitting there with all these runners and I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about, <laughs> but they all know what they're talking about. And I was like, I can't wait to know what they're talking about. This is awesome. So yeah, we're super excited. Um, Lori mentioned we're going to have a group run and group ride that all start together. Our, our whole purpose of adding a run is expanding the Gravel Family, the Gravel Family Podcast. That's where we get our name. And it. It really is a self-selected community, and we it does feel like a family, and we really hope the running community feels that as well when they get here, and that doesn't matter if you're on your feet or you're on a bike. like You are welcome at Gravel Worlds. doesn't matter who you are. You are loved and appreciated to be here, and yeah, we, we're just so excited to expand this Gravel family to a new genre.
0: It's going to be so much fun. We're excited.
1: All right. We'll see you all in a few short weeks. If you want to sign up, you still have until August 1st. So when this podcast comes out, you'll have a few days. If you wanted to still sign up, uh, gravel-worlds.com. And if you want to volunteer for any time during the weekend, we would love your volunteer support. You can also sign up at our website, gravel-worlds.com. Well, thank you so much, Scott and Lori. Thank you for everything that you've done to make our event better. We can't do it without you. And we are so excited to see how Garmin Gravel World's Land Ho 50K year one goes. That We're... sounds great. <laughs>
3: it's <laughs> a good you. ring to it. Thank you very much.
1: It blows off
0: the tongue. Yep.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll see you on the next episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. I'm Sophia. I'm Jason. I'm Lori. I'm Scott.
0: And this has been another episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. gravel family podcast is a pirate cycling league production
1: gravel worlds and pirate cycling league are owned and operated by gravel adventures llc lincoln nebraska
0: for more information on gravel family podcast visit www.gravelfamily.bike for information on gravel worlds or pirate cycling league go to www.gravel-worlds.com